Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. to fit into skinny jeans to selecting dresses that will flatter my figure. The world, I feel, pressurises women to look a certain way, a way that is not always feasible, realistic, or, in the world of Photoshop and filters, real. The result is that we often hate our bodies. But does this only affect women, or do men feel the pressure too? My guest today is Dr Charlotte Markey, a professor of psychology and a world-leading expert in body image research. She believes that boys today are just as concerned about the appearance of their bodies as girls are, and that it's crucial that boys and girls alike accept who they are so that they can grow happily into the best version of themselves. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. As the mother to a girl, I've made a real effort when it comes to kind of body positivity to be really, you know, body positive towards her. Um, But are you telling me that I need to be as concerned about that body positivity when it comes to my seemingly unengaged son? Absolutely. I think most of us women and mothers thought we were off the hook when it came to our boys and that we would just have to think about these concerns in terms of our daughters. But the recent research is really clear on this. And in one study, as many as 75% of adolescent boys are saying they are dissatisfied with their bodies. So these numbers look pretty similar to what we see among girls as they reach adolescence. And is that because we live in a different world and our boys are being brought up in a different way and they have you know, different versions of what's acceptable. And maybe we live in a slightly less toxic kind of when it comes to toxic masculinity, toxic atmosphere, or has that always been the case? And we've basically just been really naive to, to the reality. I think it's some of both because I think we haven't necessarily been asking boys the right questions for a very long time. So if you ask boys, do you want to lose weight? They will often say no. And that's, the sort of thing we've been asking girls for decades. You know, are you concerned about losing weight? Um, and when we ask boys instead, though, do you want to bulk up? Are you concerned about muscularity? Uh, one recent study even showed 50% of six-year-old boys said they thought they would look better if they had more muscles. And you know, six-year-old boys don't exactly put on a lot of muscle. 
So it's really ridiculous. It starts early for boys. Um, and I think the appearance focus culture has just really grown with, you know, we all have media essentially in our pockets by adolescents with the use of smartphones. And there's some wonderful things about that technology, but we kind of can't escape ourselves and the appearance culture. And I suppose in a way, you know, as women, it's people have monetized the insecurity about our appearance for decades. It's now just beginning to be monetized in terms of men, this whole male, gro- I mean, male grooming wasn't a thing when I was a child. And yet now it's, I mean, it's a multi-million dollar industry. Are they maybe the victims of essentially, uh, you know, this, this idea that if you feel rubbish about yourself, we can actually make some money off it by wanting to charge you for changing your eyelashes or hair or your body or whatever it is. I think that's absolutely right. And it's funny because I, I remember thinking that masculinity was really rugged and more natural uh, when we were younger. And we've definitely seen some movement. And, you know, there are some things that are possibly good about this, of course. We do want boys to engage in, in regular hygiene practices, which uh, can become a challenge in the pre-adolescent years in particular. Um, and we do want, I think, boys to be more in touch with their feelings and their emotions and not to have strict views of what masculinity means because that's problematic as well. Um, but you're absolutely right. There's just so many products now that we can sell boys and men as well. It's like a, a whole industry figured out that they could double their profits. And there's there are takers, whether it be supplements or shaving products or uh, even clothing, I feel like boys are much more interested in fashion and clothing than a generation ago. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, some of us, I, I feel really lucky that in spite of all this sort of advertising, you know, your legs should be longer, your waist should be thinner. I sort of, you know, think, oh, well, if I can buy a flattering dress, then great, but I'm not going to go beyond that. There are some of us that can get away with that sort of, you know, not not total negativity, but it doesn't wreck your life. And some people that are much more susceptible to that sort of criticism. But what what are the effects of sort of body negativity? How does that manifest itself? It's not a superficial concern. And it's something I've been trying to say, I think, for really my whole career over 20 years, nearly 25 years of this, is that people often think that body dissatisfaction is just this teenage girl issue of like, just not feeling like you're cute enough. And it goes so much deeper than that. Body image really is how comfortable are you in your skin? And the thing is, if you're not comfortable with who you are, that affects your health behaviors. So people will do drastic things that are incredibly maladaptive in order to try to change their appearance. It also affects your interpersonal interactions. People will avoid situations or engage in maladaptive uh, relationships if they don't feel comfortable with themselves. And of course, it's related to mental health. So um, body dissatisfaction is really highly associated with anxiety and depression and eating disorders. So the the consequences are are pretty far-reaching. It's not just, I don't feel good in this dress today or this pair of pants. It can really extend far beyond that. 
And in terms of influencing how we feel about our bodies, I mean, we talked about the kind of external influences of, you know, product marketing and social media. But I guess, too, if we as parents who grew up with this acceptance in the 80s that, you know, all women, you know, wasn't there that mantra, you can never be too rich or too skinny. And that was accepted in the in the kind of era that I grew up up in, that if we feel sort of negatively about our bodies, we will create that sort of negative feeling that you know children think a it's acceptable to feel negative about our bodies um or or that they should you know they should feel negative about their bodies because their thighs maybe aren't as thin as they'd want them to be yeah we see this start young and it's not just the the media context because young kids aren't as exposed to that right so Uh, Many of us, if we think about it, can remember a time where we weren't concerned about these issues. They weren't, you know, on our mind. And we might have been two or three or four or five. And at some point, these issues become salient. And a lot of it does first happen in the home. So if your parents are always disparaging their appearance or overly invested in their appearance or always on a diet you will grow up to feel like that's just normal because that's the reality that you know. And I think many women and moms of our generation, we grew up in those households where there was no pushback. There was just an acceptance that it was going to be kind of a lifelong struggle to control not just your weight, but really to modify your appearance in ways that made you desirable. And we see more pushback now among women, which is an amazing thing. Um, And we see a real focus, I think, on women trying to raise daughters to fight back against that, to value themselves for so much more than their appearance. And I think we just have to be careful that we're we're offering that same sort of feedback uh, to our sons so that then they don't become victim to all the marketing as they get older. And presumably, if you have a sort of self-loathing about your body as a parent, it's not good enough to be like, no, darling, you look amazing. No, you are absolutely fine. They do. Children are cleverer than that, don't they? Yes. I mean, we can say anything, but if they see us doing the opposite, then that's, I think, really much more powerful. And I think we have to be really careful in terms of the messaging that we provide, because if all we're ever saying is, no, no, you're so beautiful or you're really handsome, we're still focusing on their appearance. And it's not to say we can't compliment our kids' appearance, but we also need to make sure that we're stressing their other strengths. So I love your sense of humor or God, you're just really a good friend. I love the way that you were able to to deal with that tricky situation with your friends. Um, You're just really kind. You're great with animals. I mean, just think of all of the amazing things that our kids are, are capable of that we see, but they're not visible in the way that our appearance is visible sometimes. And I think that's why we're drawn to say things about each other's appearance. It seems uh, not just normative, but it's just, you know, it's staring right at you. And how nice would it be, though, to grow up in a home, I think, where people said things like, you're just really clever. That was clever. Or you're creative or whatever it may be. I just think we're not as good um, across the board at at making non-appearance-based compliments. And yet, 
we are still more likely to make appearance-based comments to girls rather than boys, aren't we? For sure. There's just such a long history of uh, valuing women for their appearance. And we can't pretend, I think, completely that that doesn't exist still, that no one cares about our appearance. But I do think it's so important to teach our girls that they have so much more to offer the world. Mm, Absolutely. So how can we encourage body positivity? What are the sort of things that we can do as, because I mean, I really, really, really want my children just to be happy. That is a sort of, as life becomes more complicated, (laughs) that is sort of overarchingly the thing that I desire most for them. Um, uh, How, how do we create this? Because it's easier said than done. Of course. And I think all of us moms want that for our kids, right? I mean, we, we want them to be self-sufficient someday. We want them to be happy and just well-adjusted. And, and it's kind of the million dollar question, how do we get them there? Um, but of course, if they're fretting about their appearance or really dissatisfied with who they are, they're not going to get there. And so I think we really need to, to focus on um, challenging our appearance culture, teach our kids to be savvy consumers of the media so that they can look at all of those airbrushed ads and and laugh at them and say like, oh, that's not reality. And I think that's an accomplishment as opposed to them looking at them and thinking, oh, I wish I looked like that, right? Because if you can kind of laugh or resist some of that, I think that will hold you in good stead as you grow up. Um, we, we really want our kids to appreciate that their bodies do so much for them. Their bodies are not what hold them back. Their bodies allow them to live their lives and they need to learn as they become teenagers to take care of their bodies. And so when we talk about what they eat and how active they are and even how much they sleep or mental health, we really want to frame this in terms of self-care or taking care of yourself. Right. You can, of course, enjoy sweets or enjoy um, all foods, but also eat some fruits and vegetables because you're going to feel better because that's important for your growth. You need to get enough sleep because that's important for your growth development and mental health. Um, So I think that instead of framing uh, some of these issues as really appearance issues almost, right? Like don't eat that so that you can lose weight or that you don't gain weight. We need to just frame it in terms of them being healthy and what will be, uh, you know, important for them across their lives. Mm, Absolutely. And I guess, you know, it's not like as parents, we have complete control over (laughs) all the kind of comments that might contribute to kind of insecurity about their bodies. So how do we, I mean, presumably we still have to arm them so that when someone, you know, actually calls them a fat cow or says, you know, body shames them or is, you know, always very obsessed about their weight, you know, maybe there's some peer who's, who's, or some social media or whoever it is, they are going to be exposed to, you know, unhealthy messaging around bodies. How can we arm them with the kind of strength of character to, you know, make them not feel insecure about their bodies? I think it's really important from the time they're young to talk about body diversity and to not fall into the trap of of making you know any kind of disparaging comments about others appearance uh, especially not their weight to make it really clear uh, 
um, from a young age that people just come in different sizes and shapes, right? We accept that everyone has a different height. People have different eye colors. People have different shoe sizes. Um, and body shape is not entirely different. And so this idea that we're sold uh, in, in the media that we can just change our bodies, you know, we just have to do A, B, and C, and then we'll be the size or shape we want is, is really an illusion. And if our kids can grow up with some appreciation that a lot of this is genetic and yes, you need to take care of your health. Um, but you know, there's just really only so much we can do. We all are, we come into this world with, with certain qualities and that's what makes us who we are. And we should try to be proud of that and as accepting as possible. And, you know, hopefully, like you said, have that strength of character to be less affected if someone else says something disparaging. Um, know that that says a lot more about that person, right? Like they're having insecurity. They're having concerns about issues that we don't have to have concerns about. And I suppose, too, it's about educating them, you know, even if you're sort of reading a magazine and you say, God, I hate that advert, because essentially all it's trying to do is sell a special milkshake that will make you thinner or a type of legging that will make you thinner or I don't know, those stupid electronic things you put on your stomach to make them turn. <laughs> and you can always say, oh, I'm so annoyed about this advert, because all it is is telling people that they should look a certain way. And we don't believe that, do we? And that's quite a good way then of them saying, you know, what the media tells you, what newspapers tell you isn't necessarily in your best interests, but rather me saying, right, I, you know, this is going to be a lesson. I can say, this is how I, this is how this makes me feel. Don't you feel the same way? So that they can learn basically what to believe and what not to believe because we're sold a bunch of rubbish as, as consumers and it's actually up to us to go no way you idiot um uh, rather than go oh well maybe I should be thinking a different way about whatever it is I think that's that's right and you know kids love to figure out that adults or cultural messages around them are wrong. You know, they like to be sort of detectives and to prove adults wrong. <laughs> so there's some sort of natural appeal, I think, among even young kids in kind of making this a bit of a game, you know, like, oh, do you believe that? Of course not. I don't believe that. Right. Isn't this silly? Don't fall for this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, the media is all about marketing. Um, I know I've seen my own teenagers sometimes think they need certain products and it's even really uh, informative sometimes just to say, oh, well, where did you first learn about that? You know, if they say like, oh, TikTok. Okay, well, then why do you think that was on TikTok? You know, and they can figure it out when they're led there, but that doesn't always happen on their own, right? But when they come to the realization that like this wasn't just like this favor someone was doing to, to teach them about this product, this was an advertisement, then they can be like, oh yeah, right, I get it. And I'm presuming, you know, you sort of modeling that conversation, you, I probably would have been like, what is this rubbish you're watching? Could you, enough to realize it's a whole advertising thing whereas you were going but why do you think it might have been positioned this way which is probably the way to go so that they're essentially going 
well, I think it's probably advertising. And then they're not being belittled and essentially shamed into being duped. Um, and they kind of feel like they've figured it out for themselves. It's hard, though. You know, as, as a parent, there's a lot of things I want to say. And I find myself now that I have two teenagers biting my, my lip a lot because I'm like, you know, I think you have to work on asking more questions and listening. And I'm not always good at it either because I have a lot of opinions about these issues. This is what I do for a living. Um, It's really hard. But I I do think, as you said, it goes a lot farther sometimes if they figure it out for themselves and they feel heard um, because, you know, kids don't really like to be lectured. None of us do. And I guess, you know, we're so lucky in a way to be parenting in an age where when it comes to sort of body positive role models and diversity um, within the sort of celebrity aspirational group, there is so much more of it. You know, when I think back to when I was a child, everyone who was a singer, everyone who was a model, everyone who was a celebrity, although that word didn't really exist, kind of had exactly the same body and it was like almost like a sort of competition how thin can you get and how fake can your boobs get and that kind of, and now we're very very in a very different culture in which you know cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's all sorts of different body shapes probably more actually amongst the women than the men because I've really only looked for it amongst the kind of female pop singers and it feels almost like the sort of male peer group of body positivity feels like it's a couple of years behind am I right there I think so and I think you're right that some of the messaging is is better in terms of what's available and I think it's really cool to see as I have in interviewing um, teenagers for my books a lot of young women in particular saying like, you know, I love Lizzo or I, I, I don't know why so-and-so felt like she had to lose weight or um, just kind of getting things that I certainly didn't get in my teens or 20s. And this is kind of the other side of the coin when it comes to information being available to all of us all the time is I do see a number of young people who are just really smart, really on top of it. Like they are learning a lot from um, all of this information available too. So, so it's not all bad. Um, and, and many young people are, are just incredibly smart and discerning, but, but of course not all. Mm. I mean, just thinking back, you know, the Paralympics, I find that just an amazing thing to watch and this idea that you know our bodies can look extremely different and yet they can still be amazing at you're sort of like embracing you know what your body can do but what your body can do even though it doesn't necessarily look or is 
potentially incomplete, that you can still, you know, be an amazing swimmer, even though you're missing an arm. Yeah, it's fabulous. And this is something that we see in research too, that when we ask even women to focus on their body functionality, to write about or think about the things their bodies can do, that this produces a boost in in body satisfaction. And it's not necessarily a long-term intervention that will solve all of our body image concerns culturally. But I think if we raise our kids so that they're thinking more about what their bodies can do, right? That, okay, fine, maybe you're not a gymnast or maybe you're not flexible, but look, you can run really fast. That's amazing. That's really cool. That's a a talent you have. Um, And everyone has some strengths. And so I think really playing into those strengths, commenting on those strengths, helping kids to appreciate again that their bodies allow them to live their lives. Um, and there's really not that much we have to do to have these, you know, well-operating machines at our disposal, right? We have to feed them, we water them, we let them sleep, we hopefully keep them active. But, you know, I mean, the human body is, is really pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like pregnancy and giving birth. I, I, right. I coach pregnant women, you know, to prepare them for the birth of their babies. And one of the things I always just say is like, when you've had a baby, do not look in the mirror naked because your body will not seem like your body, but instead get into the shower and marvel at the amazing thing your body did. It just produced a whole new human being all by itself. And actually, I think very often that sort of transition into motherhood does sort of go hand in hand, probably rather conveniently because we don't have control (laughs) over our bodies, but you know, about how extraordinary our body is simply just to kind of live and and fight off viruses and produce new life it's extraordinary i think so and i share that sentiment in terms of feeling that way having had my own children and you know watching them grow up into almost adults now and it's just sometimes i still marvel at you know you can see yourself in them in so many ways physically and psychologically and um, and, uh, you know, it's almost like now it feels like so long ago. I don't even know how it happened. I don't know how I did it. Um, but, you know, it really is just incredible. And I suppose if we're having these conversation amongst our peer group, amongst our friends, our children are always listening to us. They are always evaluating. So if we totally believe it and we know that we're having these conversations, then that sort of positivity around our bodies is going to influence them massively, isn't it? It is. And I think that that's a generational shift, too, in that I don't remember our mothers talking about pregnancy and childbirth in that way or motherhood. Um, I think that, you know, they were subjected to you need to lose weight right away now that that baby came out. And not that there isn't some of that still around, of course, um, but it has changed to a certain extent and we can certainly help it to change because we want our, our kids to grow up feeling like, ah, you know, the body is amazing, not, oh, you have to reshape it. You have to get it to conform to these cultural ideals, even after it just did this amazing, really kind of traumatic thing. Mm, absolutely. I mean, it just shifted so much. My grandmother's mantra was better in the bin than on the hips. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, now you think my daughter would much rather eat something than throw in the bin because she's much more environmentally conscious about food waste and, you know, (laughs) and how that's changed in two generations. 
completely completely i know and it's 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 great you know i think that when you can watch um young people today you know enjoy food um food is not just nourishment it's a part of our every single day life right that we get a lot of joy and pleasure and it brings us together and you know to watch young people embrace that and not feel like oh i have to restrain myself from eating that or i really can't enjoy that because i might you know gain a, a tiny bit of weight um it, it's really a gift i think we can all give to our kids this sense that that food is something to be enjoyed and celebrated and of course it's nourishment but that's not all yeah what should we not be doing? Is there anything that we might be doing that we feel is kind of innocuous that actually is really damaging when it comes to that kind of underlying message of, you know, rejoice in your body? I think we probably all say things that are regrettable at times. And if we notice it, right, I, I remember once saying to my daughter not that long ago, ice cream again, because she went through this homeschooling pandemic phase of going for ice cream for lunch. <laughs> and the first few days I was like, whatever, you know, it's like a pandemic and fine, I guess have ice cream for lunch. We're all kind of in a weird place here. And after a few days of it, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and it just blurted it out. And I think we'll all have moments like that with our kids where they go to eat something and we blurt out like, what? <laughs> And, you know, I think what's important to realize is that we can, we can have a do-over, you know? And so I really made a point of a couple hours later when she was done with school, just saying like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I just think that, you know, maybe ice cream isn't like the best lunch every day. And if you're going to be able to pay attention at school and, you know, really focus, you, you probably want to have something, you know, that contains some fruits and vegetables and, she was like, I know, I know, I've just been really stressed out. Um, and, and so it ended up being, I think, a really nice exchange without being, um, you know, like you must have this instead, right? Because a certain age, kids want to have more autonomy over these choices. And when you try to take it from them, it doesn't typically go really well. And so trying to explain why you want them to make the quote unquote right choice is, is important. Um, and I think the same thing is is true oftentimes with, you know, what they're wearing or how they're looking. Um, and there is a little bit of a double standard here. I think for a lot of us parents, we're going to see our kids, um, you know, our daughters try to leave the house in something too skimpy or too short or now crop tops are all the rage, it seems. And, you know, you want to blurt out, you can't leave the house in that um or it just seems too short or you know whatever it is and and sometimes you'll control yourself from saying that and sometimes you won't and um you know i think there's a lot of value in just saying then listen um i i understand that's in style right now and it's fashionable and even my son actually boys are wearing shorter shorts now which seems strange to me <laughs> um so, I mean, this works, you can, you can, you know, say something uh, to offend your child, no matter their gender, I'm sure. Um, but I think it's important to circle back and say, 
you know, I understand that's what you want to wear. That's what your friends are wearing. That's what's in style. That's what everyone's wearing. You know, as your mom, I just want to protect you. I don't want people to, to look at you and sexualize you or objectify you. Or I, I want you to be safe. I want, um, it's hard for me to see you becoming a grown up. even, you know, it's hard for me to see you becoming an adult. And I think when it comes to clothing choices and how our kids sort of display themselves as they become adolescents, that's really what's going on oftentimes is that it can be a little bit shocking as a parent to see your kids becoming an adult. And it's just, we're not always ready for that. Um, well, I mean, after years of buying their clothes, dressing them, and having complete autonomy, <laughs> like giving up control is one of the hardest things we do in life, especially when it comes to parenting. I know, and actually, even I found with my children saying, I'm really sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It was a horrid thing to say, and I didn't mean it to be horrid, but we all say things that we shouldn't. But, you know, I found that it's a difficult thing to do to my children, but to apologize, to go, I was totally wrong and out of order, and I, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But we want our kids to learn how to do that. So that's important to model that, to model, you know, how to appreciate when you've said something you didn't mean or you've done something you wished you hadn't. And then you go back to that person and you try to explain and you try to make it right. And no matter what it's about, these, I think, are just really, really valuable life lessons. And we want our kids to get that. That's an important part of adult relationships, right? I mean, if we couldn't do that with our partners or our friends or our coworkers as adults, we wouldn't last in those relationships. I was I was thinking, obviously, about our podcast a lot this weekend. And um we have horses at home and my horse has, has got a bit fat. It's the spring, the new grass is coming through. And I kind of went into the field. And I was like, goodness gracious, he's so fat. And then I suddenly realized that in front of the children, I was kind of referring to him as Mr. Fatso and little Mr. Fat. And, and I was like, I'm fat shaping my horse. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm the very worst person just because he's not a human. <laughs> and so I was saying to the children, I was like, I've just realized I've been horrible to poor Jack. And I've been making him feel ashamed about his his body and it's just the way he's built and we ended up having this whole conversation about how you have to be kind and how that was totally the wrong thing to do in a sort of easy situation because I, I don't think my horse was really that upset about the names I was calling him but more it was that there I was happy to you know make assumptions and call names to someone who they think really does have feelings and does have um you know would get upset by that and it was quite a good way of sort of by sort of accessing or outlining my vulnerability and that I got it wrong, you know, about how we do behave and how sometimes you say something that's kind of affectionate that might be quite hurtful at the same time. I think that's a wonderful example of how to revisit a topic and also how to think about bodies change, you know? So um, you said your horse is gaining weight because there's new grass and it's spring and our bodies keep changing, right? It's not just um, during adolescence or during pregnancy. It's across our lives and that's normal. And yet all the cultural messages we tend to get is that we should resist that, right? We should um, fight aging. We should um, try to still fit into the, the pants we wore in high school or you know whatever the silly message might be. Um, but, but I think it's really valuable to try to teach our kids that 
that bodies change, and especially as they experience adolescence, um, because kids will experience physical changes that feel very awkward most of the time. That's normal, right? They may grow out and then up. They may feel lanky and their hands or feet may get bigger before their legs or their arms do, or, um, you know, there's just, there's so many changes that take place during puberty. And it's, it's a really good time to start bringing in those conversations about, listen, our bodies just keep changing and we can't completely control them. And that's normal and it's healthy and you kind of have to go with it. And um, I think one thing that can help if it's within your means is, you know, when kids' bodies change, just buy them new clothes if they can. You know, um, I know that it can be a very expensive to keep clothing growing children, but it's also, I think, a, the path of least resistance sometimes for kids who are feeling insecure instead of having them feel anxious about things getting tight or fitting differently. Just say, well, of course it fits differently than it did six months ago. You're growing. Let's get you something else. And um, it's, a, it's a more positive spin on, on what can feel really awkward. And you mentioned, you know, our fluctuations in body weight are normal and healthy. But what about when it's not healthy? What about when you have obesity that is going to have an impact on their health? You know, you read stories and I've certainly you know, I'm sure most of us can can relate to a time when we looked in the mirror and we thought, I want to change this. And you become a bit healthier and, you know, you diet or whatever you do, but you lose the weight and you feel much better about yourself. But it was that almost shame, like I really am dissatisfied with the way I look that instigates that change. Is it ever a right to have the conversation? You know, you are too fat. We need to do something about it. Or is that not the way to go? I would advise against it in talking with our kids because more often than not, intentional weight loss is ineffective. And what we really want to do is just change family habits. If we have concerns about any family members, um, health or weight or the relation between them, then we don't want to single people out. We want to just you know, buy less of those cookies that we can't keep our hands off of. Um, try to go on family walks on the weekends, right? All of this can be sort of slow in bringing about change that's good for our health, but slow change is healthy change and more sustainable change. And if we're really concerned about an acute health problem, that's a good time to bring in a healthcare provider. Um, a lot of physicians are not trained to deal with weight issues in particular. So it may be a registered dietitian or some other specialist that can be of help. Um, but we really, really, really do not want our children to learn that dieting is an answer to really anything because the data just are so clear that if you go on a quote unquote diet, you will gain that weight back. You're, you're not going to typically adopt a strategy that's sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess, you know, if you love your body, you're more likely to nurture it and do the right thing for it. If you hate your body and feel ashamed of it, you're more likely to kind of self like flagellate, I guess, and continue to abuse it by eating the wrong thing, whether it's too much or too little or the wrong thing, whatever it is. 
Absolutely. So it's just really important to have, to have our kids growing up feeling like they do love their bodies and they want to take care of them and they want to do what's right for them. And that certainly does not mean going on some sort of bad diet or cutting out an entire food group or doing some sort of extreme crazy exercise. Um, well, thank you so much, Charlotte. It's been so lovely to chat to you and so enlightening. Um, I certainly hadn't thought about the kind of impact of that kind of body negativity, especially on the boys. Um, Charlotte's two books, um, Being You, the body, image, the body Image Book for Boys and The Body Image Book for Girls are available on Amazon and all good bookshops. And they're brilliant. Actually, I really enjoyed reading them. The, um, you know, the combination of to how to talk to your children, but also case studies. And I think so often, you know, children emerge into the world as the center of the universe and they often feel like they're the only ones having these issues and actually just understanding not only what happens, what sort of the spectrum of normal is, but, you know, in the, the body image book for boys, just outlining what happens in puberty, you know, how your body changes. Very often children are really afraid of change. And um, I certainly found just leaving that book around so that they could pick it up and discover for themselves, as well as having conversation amongst kind of all of us, was just actually a really lovely way of arming them for the changes that are inevitable and actually should be rejoiced in. Yeah, thank you. I think that, you know, a, an important goal of these books is just to normalize conversation about body image, but more generally mental health, physical health, what we need to know. There's a lot of health information available to all of us that's not evidence-based, that's not scientific, and sometimes can be downright dangerous. And so I think getting evidence-based information to kids in an accessible format is just really, really important. So they, they know that they have good information and they can ignore some of those really flashy TikToks, hopefully. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, um, Charlotte. Thanks for joining me. And thank you all for downloading this episode of The Parenthood. You can subscribe, rate and review wherever you found this podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at marina.fogel. But in the meantime, from Charlotte and me, thanks for listening. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.